It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined by one of our absolute favorite people and journalists. Uh, she is calling us today from the border, Pau Ramos of Vice News. Thank you so much for being here. Where are you? It's been you? a long time. I know. I'm in Matamoros right now. Um, so right on the border um, between, obviously, U.S. Mexico, um, right across from Brownsville. And, and that's because today is a big day. It's a big day for immigration. Um, yep. They are starting to reprocess a lot of the asylum seekers that have been stuck here for almost two years at this point. We've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not your first time in Matamoros. You no, wrote I, about I, it I know. In- in your book, I know you've. I think you've called us from there before. Yep, that's right. That's right. That's right. No, you. I mean, yeah. You, you guys have been following this for a long time, but it's. Um, I mean, it's. You know, people are feeling obviously really good about it. Um, after almost two years of, you know, at one point there were seventy thousand folks that were stranded on this side. Now there's twenty five thousand along the entire U.S. Mexico border. Where I'm talking to you all from right now. Um, there's like a thousand asylum seekers that are around the city of Matamoros. And if you guys remember that big camp, right? The big yeah, it's like an encampment. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So there's at least 700 folks that are still there. And so today is the day where they start to register online. Um, they start to begin taking their COVID test. And then starting Monday, they will start readmitting them into the U.S. And so it's, it's great news. Everyone's feeling good. You can, you can sort of feel the difference in the city. But there's oh, still the nice. question of, is it too late, right? Like, why, mm-hmm. why wait three more days? Why wait another month, right? I mean, the, the process will be, will be hard. Um, but I think there's a little bit of tension of the same question. Why, why are we still waiting for this to happen? Right. It, it, does, the, does the weather, does the extreme weather events in Texas have anything to to do with it like our i mean when i mean look that's that is that is of course one of the arguments but um technically today it's friday was the day where some folks were told that they would start being reprocessed in one of the port of entries here and so again people were feeling excited about that of course then you have the weather and so Again, I'm talking to you all from my nice hotel room in Matamoros. There's people that are freezing right now, right? They spend all right, night right. sleeping outside in the tents. And they spend all night sort of, I was just looking up some articles. People are, like, refreshing the website to see if they can start registering online. The link is still not live. It's still not up. Um, so that's another sort of barrier that folks are um, dealing with right now. And they haven't really given them a good reason as to why they not, why some of them won't be processed until Monday. And a lot of the activists that we've talked to here don't seem to know exactly what the reason is. And again, there's at least 2,000 folks in this area and only 25 will be processed on Monday from what we're hearing. So, you know, it's it's, um, one thing that that struck me a lot yesterday is I talked to one of the asylum seekers that has been under MPP for over a year and a half here. And he's extremely desperate because he doesn't have any faith in the system. And he was telling us that he was um, even considering 
going back to Honduras, right? Because he doesn't see he doesn't see himself sort of being part of the list and being part of the process, and has has lost faith in the last two years. And so, you know, as 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 big of a day as it is, there's still more questions. Well, I mean, just the fact that I mean, let, let's back up for people who 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 might not remember the Remain in Mexico policy. This is people seeking asylum who are coming from all kinds of countries in Central America, not mm-hmm. just Mexico. They they so somebody can come through Mexico from Honduras, hit the U.S. border, and then have to remain in Mexico, which is not a country that they were intending to live in. And that is why we have these encampments set up that have been there for two years at this point mm-hmm. while these asylum seekers uh, wait in a country that is not yeah, Exactly. And at this point, as we're talking, there's 25,000 of them, right? And, and these, are, these aren't the safest cities, as we've talked to before right. on this show. And these are cities where, you know, the cartels know exactly um, that the migrants have become business for them, right? There's been a lot of kidnapping a lot of kidnapping. Um, and so it's not, it's been, it's been very traumatic for a lot of these folks. Um, and, and you're right. The intention was never to remain here. The intention was always to, you know, always to be in the United States. And that's one of the biggest things that as, as I always think about this, right, they have become one of the biggest, they became one of the biggest victims of the Trump administration because he took away their legal right to seek asylum in the U S which we all are entitled to that. And, that's you know there's there's a lot of momentum now with yesterday's news about the immigration reform bill that dropped but it goes back to the question that i think we just have to deal with which is what type of country are we right do are we going to embrace them or not and i don't think i don't even think dems have figured out that question right like it, mm-hmm. it, it's just the time to fully 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 be unified and just admit that we are a country that actually does take in immigrants or not because if not then this whole notion of the american dream right and this whole notion of um, coming to this country um, has has to end because people. I mean, again, as I speak, two weeks ago I was in the Colombia Panama border, and it was the same thing. There were hundreds of migrants crossing that border just to come to the U.S. And so, at some point, we have to sort of understand what narrative we're putting out there because it's 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 life or death for a lot of people. Yeah, I think that um, the narratives that we sort of I don't know, we, we say them, and then we don't really critically examine exactly. what we're saying. Right. Um, so we, we say things we're like... We're so good at that. They're coming yeah. here for a better life. <laughs> um, which, yes. I guess, broadly speaking, is a true statement. But I think one mm-hmm. of the things that folks seem to understand is, like, it's life or death, as you said. It's not a better life. It is a life at all, right. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, some one of the things I learned, and this may not apply to certain of... Uh, specific cases of these asylum seekers which who are coming um for specific reasons um mm-hmm. but also even those who who cross who have previously been deported um and get detained for re-entry which is like the yeah. which weirdly is the number one prosecuted federal crime in america is illegal re-entry into the country mm. that's a true true story um yeah. and who are trying to reunite with like their baby or their wife mm-hmm. or their mm-hmm. children or their family right and so i feel like we we sort of tell ourselves that um you know this kind of cute little story about america is where people come to get a better life but mm-hmm. like it's a mm-hmm. lot more you know it, it's a more visceral than that 
It's not, oh, I just want to go there for freedom. Um, <laughs> you know, many exactly. instances you're trying to reunite with family members or you're running for your life, literal life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's, <clears throat> it's the, the humanity that we forget. I mean, we've been, we've literally been talking about immigration reform for at least 40 years, 30 years. Right. And we, we've, we've politicized all this so much to the extent that even as we're, you know, even as we're making arguments pro immigration reform, it even almost sounds like, and I hate because I catch myself talking about this so yeah. much. Oh, immigrants pay 27 billion in taxes. Like, of course they deserve to be here. And, you know, they're less likely to commit crimes than U.S. born Americans. So it's become these like talking points that just you lose sense of who you're talking about at any point. And at some, you know, at some point it's like, they're, they're people, and we forget that. Like, truly, it's, it's yeah. really hard to forget who we're talking about. Yeah, I think, uh, talk a little bit about who, like, who are the people and in the Madame Morris encampment right now? Like, who, like, what what manner of human being are we looking at for for processing on, on Monday? Are these families? Are these... Yeah, so, so the priority for Monday will be the folks that are right now physically in the camp, right? So these are, I mean, if, if you walk around that camp, it's like, full of tents, all these tents that are on the ground. Um, there's some NGOs on site. And, but, yeah, you look around, and it's, it's families. It's, it's moms and dads and, and children. There's a lot of children. And so they are the ones that will take priority um, and will start crossing on Monday. Then around the tent, for example, in, in about an hour or two, and we'll be going to a shelter that's full of LGBTQ asylum seekers, right? And there are, you know, trans women that have been fleeing persecution from from. Honduras, Cuba, Guatemala, and LGBTQ folks. And there's one specific case, one woman that we'll be talking to, you know, she has severe case of HIV. Um, it's, it's pretty advanced at this point. She will not be crossing on Monday. And so once again, in, in her case, right, five days, six days, 10 days for us seems like nothing for her to wait. In her case, right. again, she, we're talking about her health. And so, um, you know, that there's, there's that level of uncertainty that is just, that is, just still traumatizing for a lot of people and there's also of course the the case of of um Nidon. he just became the he was on uh the time like next 100 right he, he's he's become this sort of celebrity figure of the mm-hmm. camp but it just goes to show you he is he's a cuban doctor um who once he once he reached matamoros once he did the whole trek and he became a volunteer doctor in the tent it was sort of in the in the tent city um, and he's been treating, you know, his, his sort of colleagues and asylum seekers for, for almost two years. And we bumped into him yesterday. It had been exactly a year since we last saw him. Oh, wow. And he's still there. And I mean, yeah, it was I incredible guess. to bump into him. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's people with stories and with lives and, and also people that don't get to look back, right? None, none of them can afford to go back. Um, it's a death sentence for many of these folks. Particularly when we're talking about trans women, we've, we've talked about this a lot on the yeah. show. Like the average age for of life expectancy for a trans woman in Latin America is 35 years old. Um, oh, they can't afford to look back, and so, so yeah, yeah. I mean, when 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 you put it in terms that stark, then like yeah, but Texas is a mess right now. Doesn't really feel like it doesn't. It has much bearing. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't. And, and again, there's, the reality is there's incredible NGOs that are on the Brownsville side that have been sort of prepping for this moment for years, right? So there are shelters that are waiting for them. Um, mm-hmm. 
And once the idea is once they cross, it's not exactly sure what will happen in terms of the processing, if, they will be, if, if they'll be released immediately, if they'll be on parole immediately, if they'll have to go through a detention center first. Um, that's unsure. What we do know is that eventually they will reach one of the shelters that will be waiting for them on the other side. And again, that goes to, that, that speaks to the movement that's been waiting for this moment forever. They have the infrastructure. like They know what they're doing. Right. They, this isn't the first time yeah. that they're obviously accustomed to to a wave of folks. Um, so, again, it's, it's unclear. This is simply the government sort of slowing down the process. I, I read I've been, also that they're supposed to be able to process like 300 cases, yeah, but they're only, and you said got. they're only doing 20. So that's exactly it. So the news earlier this week was that starting on Friday, they would be processing 300 people throughout at least two to three ports of entry. So that's in Tijuana, El Paso, and, and here in, in Brownsville. The latest we heard, and that's what it seems like right now, Tijuana will start processing some folks today. Here in, in Brownsville, that will start on Monday, and in El Paso, that will be next Friday. And so they went from sort of this big announcement of 300 people to sort of a, a completely different version of it. I mean, right. So, you know, it's again, it's 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 about time this happens. It's great news. It's it's a step in the right direction. But I think 25 people is just not. No, that doesn't. You know, it, it's not enough. Certainly not. Certainly not for the 25,000 people that are there. I, I have been really uh, concerned about the total lack of information coming out of mm -hmm this area, uh, not just the encampments, but the detention centers. I mean, everybody is sort of detained in this like limbo area here, but there are some people who are actually being detained by our federal government. Um, we haven't heard very much about the pandemic and how that is affecting these areas. If you've got people living in tents outside per your mm -hmm. instructions, um, mm -hmm. you know, there, obviously there should be an obligation to make sure that they're safe and there has not been any, we made them live in tents in a different country so that we didn't have to take care of them at all. Um, yeah. what have the conditions been in, in Matamoros and in the other, um, asylum seeker encampments, I, I guess throughout the pandemic and then now <clears throat> with the polar vortex? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not, they've become sort of humane because of the NGOs on the ground, right? I remember there's, hmm. a, there's a, such a big difference from the first time I came here until now. Like now it seems like there is an infrastructure, right? It seems like asylum seekers sort of have self-organized. They created small businesses. Someone was telling us that the Cuban asylum seekers have like a pizza shop inside of the, you know, inside of the, oh the tent city. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, what the groups are doing on the ground and the way that the asylum seekers have organized is, is truly amazing, and you can see the difference in a year. And, but again, right, these are people that come in after trekking, you know, jungles and mountains and going on buses for, for months until they get to this point, and many of them um, come dehydrated, they're tired, many of them have, like, underlying health conditions. And I remember last time we were here, there were cancer patients, right? There were women that had... And sort of their, you know, other other health issues, and typically they they should be able to get priority. And and I remember the last time we were here, there were four cases of four different families with children. Um, a lot of these children had had special needs, and they had, you know, they they couldn't afford to be here for over a year. And I remember vividly we tried crossing with them through, you know, through the port of entry with the lawyers who were convinced that the Trump administration, right, facing someone like these kids would allow them in, um, and they were turned back. 
and they just got released. They were just able to cross like a couple of days ago, right? So that just shows you the dire conditions that, you know, that these folks have been living in. And right now, they, what we do know is that the testing will be administered by the UNHCR, um, the COVID testing. Obviously, no one can get in without, without a negative COVID test. That begins now, this weekend, from what we hear. And, and the good thing is that all of these folks can sort of rely on the amazing medical volunteers that are on the ground and, you know, who are there every day from, like, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. They have this, like, you know, amazing little truck. They've created a clinic. And they've made it work, right? And so that, that's the thing. In, in desperate conditions and in human conditions, you, 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 you make it work to, to yeah. survive. Um, and all of this is happening in the backdrop of, you know, this sort of American flag staring at them on the other side of the Rio Grande River, um, so every day you wake up, you know, with the United States being, being in front of your face and you question, like, how many more days? And it's been two years for many people. So it's, it's, um, it's been a lot, and that's another question for, for, for us and for the government. What is our responsibility to them, right? There, there's mental right. health trauma there. There's, um, there's images that they've seen and things that have been lived by these children and these families, what's our responsibility when they do get to the United States, right? And sort of have to live with that reality. We need a therapy budget. <laughs> like we need a, I've been saying like, it. Seri- That's my like we thing. Need, That's my whole thing. We so need a department therapy. of therapy. We need a secretary of therapy. We need a massive therapy budget. Like Honestly, I feel like I yes. have, I have such a better sense of what being in a holding pattern for two years would do to a person's brain and psyche now than I did a year ago. Because, I mean, I mean, I I, I know I'm feeling so depressed that we're like hitting the anniversary Mm -hmm. mark, like that we're about to start, you know, like, oh, right. Well, we we missed St. Patrick's Day last year. We're going to miss it again this year. Like we're about to start celebrating pandemic anniversaries and i'm sitting here in my home with all of my stuff and my income Mm -hmm. and my citizenship like i you know and i can't like but i feel like i have i have a sliver of it enough right to 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 imagine what it would be like to to spend two summers to do christmas twice to be in that holding pattern for that long i mean on top of the psychological trauma of the thing you just fled, which is the only reason why you're exactly. sitting in the encampment to begin with. Yeah. I mean, I, like, exactly I, right. I want, I want the welcome for these people to be like, like the, the scene in little orphan Annie, when she gets to the mansion for a second <laughs> and like the whole staff is there to be like, we're going to make it great for you. Like, that's I what we need like on that. the other side of the border for these folks. I know. I, I, know. I mean, I'm sure the NGOs are are thinking about the oh, mental yeah. health ramifications right. of all of this, but like, are are will there be services like that for the people who need it when and if they they get in here? As as far as I've heard, at least like officially from the administration, that's that's not something that I've seen. Like, I haven't seen any any sort of formal address of sort of the mental health implications for them. We have, of course, talked about it when it comes to family reunification and, like, you know, all the children that have been separated. We, we've talked about it in sort of chunks, but I think just overall yeah. part of the narrative should be that question. Like, what, what is our, our sort of general responsibility to these folks? Also, again, to me, what we've done to them is a crime. Like, we, 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 yeah. took, we got rid of their legal right, right, to claim asylum in the United States. That is... That's illegal. Like they, 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 right. they are entitled to that, and so right. who faces those consequences? 
No, it's the exact same thing as as it's 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 this it's the same issue as Khalif Browder. Like if you if you mm-hmm. detain somebody exactly. without cause, like if you don't have the right to do that, and you take away years yeah. of somebody's life, and you behave in an illegal way in order to do that, because that person did mm-hmm. not go through the system as screwed up as we as it is, the system that we have set yeah. up, um, then you know you're in, you're 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 doing extra judicial punishment and that's not right. allowed in this country. And we're seem to be doing it to 25,000 people right now. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, and then there's a question of, of course, with, with the Biden administration, there, there is a wave of people that have obviously, you know, sort of seen a new light of hope. Um, and th- there is another wave of migrants that are that is headed this way, right? And the right is trying to sort of take this narrative and say that there's a crisis happening and the caravans are coming, right? Sort of right. Your starts. Um, the reality is, just in January, there were, I believe, at least eighty thousand folks that were arrested at the border that were trying to cross. And so, the, you know, folks are coming. And 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 again, it, it, are we expecting a sort of a new wave of? of these asylum seekers to be stranded at the border that are not part of MPP, right? What are we going to do with these folks? Um, especially as the right tries to sort of, you know, scare the Dems into, you know, into compromising a bill, right? This like massive immigration reform bill for, um, you know, a tighter a border control. Um, is that compromise fair at this point, right? And so it's just, it's, yeah. just a, it's, it's an ongoing cycle and and as as happy as I am for yesterday, and I think the bill that they introduced yesterday is incredible and it's transformative and it's bold, and I think the North Star is, is there, um, I fear that compromise will happen again. No? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's a, another question I have about sort of the immigration conversation more broadly. Because um, as mm-hmm. you said, we've been talking about immigration reform for longer than I've been on Earth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, to be clear, then all yeah. of us have been on Earth and we always get really close. Right. And in the Obama yeah. administration, they got really close. They didn't do it. Yep. You know, they got really close in the Bush administration, didn't do it. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't try in the Trump administration. Let's to be clear. <laughs> um, <laughs> they actively went the opposite direction. But I mean, now that we are in a new administration, um, it feels like, OK, Maybe we can get something done, but for the fact that what now is sort of taking up the slots in the Republican Party, you know, is people who are more extreme than, you know, previous versions of Republicans in the House and Senate that we were that, you know, Democrats were negotiating with for previous immigration reform bills. So, like, what are the what is even possible? Like, what what are things that people agree on? Like, is making sure that MPP is ended and that these folks are allowed um, to come to the United States and make their legal case for asylum. Is that something that has bipartisan support? Like, could that, that, end that up, at least, you know what I mean? That at least is something. Yeah. That, that like what we're seeing now in this weekend, that at least is something that, that the, that the administration can sort of handle on its own without going through Congress. Right. Like that started on January 20th when president Biden suspended MPP um, and so, so that's, that's sort of an action that, that can be taken just from the administration through orders. Obviously now when it comes to the immigration reform bill, right, which again, um, the, the big goal is to legalize 11 million undocumented immigrants in eight years. Um, that's big. 
that's yeah. it, it, it's big only because we know the the obstacles, but that's it's a long time coming. As you said, it's been over thirty years of this back and forth, and so I think there's two things. One of them is I wouldn't expect too much. In fact, I wouldn't expect anything from Republicans who it's not the same party anymore. Um, the question is the Dems, right? This will haunt them if there is an action, right? The folks that voted for them in Nevada, right. in Arizona, right. throughout these throughout these states, those are folks that went to the ballot box understanding that he promised to sort of push for this for this in in prioritize this in a way that president obama did not that number one number two there are many different ways right i think the north star should be legalized as many folks as possible but then i think there is um flexibility in terms of the approach is it through a piecemeal approach right where you sort of use smaller bills and start legalizing dreamers farm workers essential workers tps holders um do you do that approach first and is it time to sort of talk about the filibuster, right? Like, is, mm-hmm. is it getting to that point where Dems have to have to think about, um, you know, what they what what needs to happen in order for for these big goals to go through? Um, is reconciliation another alternative? And so I think I think there is consensus, at least from from the womb women and the activists, that say, look, here's the North Star. Here's what we all want. We need all of y'all to agree. Right. That the goal is to legalize as many people as possible without a million without 11 million number in the top of our mind. How will we get there? Right. So let's let's look at these three different alternatives, piecemeal approach, filibuster or reconciliation. Right. But I think I think the, we understand that the approaches are are different, you know, different tools. I think what's missing is a unified voice from the dance that understands that the 11 million is a number that has to be reached immediately. Right. Mm. Pal, thank you so much for calling us this morning and for keeping the focus and the spotlight on yes. Matamoros and what's happening uh, at the border. We really no, appreciate you. I hope everybody's following your work. And if they haven't read your book, Finding Latinx, it's, I bought it for my mom. She loves it. Like, it's one of my, oh, wow. one of my absolute favorites. Well, yes, she's finding no, herself in it, too. We got to have this conversation <laughs> offline because the radio is going to break us up. But, like, yeah. It, no, it's Finding Latinx is definitely something that everybody should should have on their shelves. Right alongside the end of white politics. You guys had some of the best books last year. Just the best. No, thank, thank you, Pal. You so much for having me. Truly appreciate yeah. it. Stay safe. Please stay safe. come back. Please stay safe. Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Zerlina Maxwell, at Jess underscore MC, and at Signal Boost Show. <laughs>